Yeah, it has opened. Okay. Funnily enough. Yeah. It's out. Thumbs up. Thank you. I didn't. Right. Now, there's a. It's, yeah. it's interesting because I was. I was. There's this uh, common misconception out yeah. there that the movie didn't somehow do well or wasn't no. well received. Come. People think that, Jen. No. Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted to just <clears throat> kind of uh, set aside some of these misconceptions and. Right read some of the love that I've gotten from These uh, the press corps of America, the reviews for the movie. Oftentimes they'll put them in the advertisements yeah. and I'm gonna go ahead and plug the movie now because it is still out. So I'd like, and these are, I'd like you to these hear. Are, these are actual reviews? These are actual reviews right, that right. I culled right. because I you know, pay attention to these well, things sure, for yeah. the movie. <clears throat> so, such an utter wreck of a movie. <laughs> you expect to see it lying on its side somewhere in rural Pennsylvania with a small gang of engineers circling and a wisp of smoke rising from the caboose. <laughs> It's, hold on, hold, that, that, that was a mistake. I, I didn't mean to pull that one. This, uh. <clears throat> uh, speculating that the $3.8 million Gigli earned at the box office came from the purchase of two $1.9 million tickets purchased by Ben and Jen. <laughs> that was Bunsen Television. I, I want to give credit where credit's due yeah, here. Yeah. <clears throat> a black hole, Gigli. A black hole that sucks reputations, careers, and goodwill <laughs> down its vortex. Hey, everybody. Welcome to... Uh, Chino Pod, I'm Jane, and we're here with Callie to talk about Geely, <laughs> a movie that so bad, it, there's something to offend probably almost everyone <laughs> in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, is that there's just like no group of people that this movie doesn't offend. <laughs> It's, it's an equal opportunity. I mean, you know, it's terrible queer representation, terrible representation for differently abled people, terrible representation for, you know, pretty much Italians. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, like, I will say it, like, made me laugh a lot, but I don't know how much of that laughter was, like, I can't believe I just fucking heard that. Like, and it's obviously That's... not the intention of the film. It's not just a straight-out comedy. Like, it, it, some of it is intentional, but I think, like, the vast majority of the reason I was laughing was because I was like, wow. Yeah, there was several times throughout the movie I just, like, found myself thinking, like, how did a human being write this? Like, it just doesn't, like, nobody talks, like, the, the way the characters talk in this movie. I think you brought up a point that, like, it's just, like, people just go on and on and on and you were like like in real life someone would have just said like shut the fuck up by this point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i was texting jane throughout this i was like even you jane who i love so much if you talk to me for this amount of time without waiting for me to respond at all i would just be like shut the fuck up like <laughs> and i would never talk that way to you normally but the way people talk in this movie like would drive anyone insane but that's it's almost like like I almost came to have like a respect for it <laughs> like because it was so insane I was like this is almost like a different world maybe Martin Brest has like created like a Shakespearean like weirdo like misogynistic world <laughs> where people talk like this but then I remembered you know it's probably just like a man like he's trying to write like all of these like for all these different like voices of people that are like and he's I think he's like I think I think his heart is he's trying to be have his heart in the right place with this like I think like I think he sincerely thinks that he's like writing a movie that's like heartwarming <laughs> and yes. like I don't know it's just like like he's like oh look at this like you know this guy who's this terrible person but he learns to be a better person because he has to take care of this guy even though he kidnapped him and it, it's and it's just it's like it's not good <laughs> yeah that's like so just to lay it out for people so that they never ever have to watch it this movie stars ben affleck and jennifer lopez they are both hitmen or like you know they do like the dirty work for like mob bosses but it's set in california so that threw me off and everybody talks everybody talks like they're from new york even though they're on like santa monica boulevard i know right 
<laughs> it was so, oh the way Ben Affleck says penis in this movie, <laughs> I like couldn't get over. It. Oh my god! Oh, there are so many horrible moments for with that. Like Ben Affleck gives like probably hit the worst performance of his career in this film. Like he, like today he has to say so much stupid shit in this movie. Like I just think about that like scene where he's in the fucking mirror and he's like grab the bull by the horns. Like he's just like I was just like what am I watching right now? That, <laughs> it's like this is horrible. That scene was so hard to watch. He's like trying to pump himself up so that he like looks good to like go try and fuck a lesbian because Jennifer Lopez plays a lesbian in this movie. He doesn't know it, but at that point he doesn't know. Yet. Does he not? Like, oh yeah. right, because he's about to slither in them sheets and try and like, yeah. And then she's like, um, I'm gay, um, and he's like, wait, <laughs> what? What the what? Like that's basically what happens. He's like, okay. He's like, wait, what? You don't like dick? I don't get it. He like, he like acts like he's never heard of it at first. He's like, what? You just don't have sex with men? Or you just don't want to have sex with me? It's it's like his character is so stupid. <laughs> like just like unbelievable levels of dumb. <laughs> and, and yeah, yeah, that's like, and somehow Ben Affleck has been in two shitty movies where he is a straight guy who like convinces a lesbian to like fall in love with him, and I don't understand how that happens because it's not like they're, they're, it's not like these movies are like, there's like tons of these movies out there. No, like, like the only movies that I can think of with that plot both star Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, and they're both written and directed by uh, straight white men who were like, you know, it would be cool <laughs> <laughs> if I got to fuck a lesbian. I mean, like, what's uh, oh, what's also interesting, I brought up, like, we said this ages ago, whenever we first talked about Chasing Amy, which I don't even know why it came up before we talked about Gigli, but I, I remember it did, like, like months ago. And we were talking about how maybe possibly the <laughs> the theme of that movie is that three ways ruin lives. <laughs> um. no, knowing Kevin Smith, I mean, that's that's there's a very strong possibility that that's that's what the theme of that movie was. Well, because uh, what's her name? Is it Joey Lawrence? Uh, no, Joey Lawrence is a sitcom actor. That's an actor. He, he was in Blossom. He, like, was known for going, whoa! <laughs> You're thinking of Joey Lauren Adams, I think, is her uh, name? Uh, I'm looking it up right now. I'm sorry. Uh, Joey Lauren <laughs> Adams. Joey... No, you're right. Yeah, you're I just know Joey Lawrence is the guy that goes, whoa! <laughs> That's all he's known for. <laughs> um, yeah, Joey Lauren Adams' character, speaking of I mean, these movies also love to monologue. Like, oh characters God, just, you're right. like, talk in ways that nobody talks except for, like, on stage plays. But they're in these, like, shitty, pithy little movies where it doesn't make sense to have these, like, long, like, elegant monologues. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. All, all I could think about, like, with Geely is that this, that Martin Bress was, like, trying to write, like, Tarantino. He was, like, trying to write a Tarantino-style yes. movie as a rom-com like this like these are like all of these like all of these weird traits would be like normal things in tarantino movies and like done better because it's fucking because tarantino's a better writer than martin breast i think like yeah. i mean and it's not like martin breast and the that's the weird thing is that martin breast also did scent of a woman which won a bunch of oscars and we both said that we liked that movie and we thought it was good, and then, like, oh, this is, like, there was, like, what, like, only one movie in between this and, and, um, actually, I think there was a couple movies that he did in between Send of a Woman and Geely, but, like, it's just, like, how does a guy who, like, is an Oscar-level director, how does, how do you, how do you make something like this? I don't get it. It's like professionals made this movie. It's not like it was like a shitty film that was like made by like, you know, like by 
amateurs like making their first movie this was a guy who had been working since the 70s made this fucking movie and it killed his career like he literally hasn't made a movie since this movie like he was dropped by his like this movie flopped so hard he was like literally dropped by his agents and like really has just kind of dropped out of like the spotlight and like hasn't really like been heard from since like that's crazy it's crazy to go from like winning oscars and like generally being like consider like like you know respectable like not like a household name but like generally respected in your field to just completely like obliterating your career with one movie (laughs) it's it's so interesting that like pacino has touched like several careers and like been a part of ruining them without himself actually having to deal with much of the fallout (laughs) Like he's like, yeah, and like, Pac- I still have Pacino, like, the, like, just like to be upfront, like, Pacino's only in this movie for maybe like five to, I admit, five to eight minutes or so, at the like towards the very end. Like, I remember texting like Callie, like, because I watched it like a couple days before she did. I was like, I'm an hour into this fucking movie, Pacino still has not shown up. <laughs> I'm like so annoyed. <laughs> it was just like, and yeah, like, granted, he his his scene like. He is probably giving the best performance in the fucking movie. Like he get like he's like it's like a like classic, you know, like energetic, like crazy fucking Pacino performance, but he is like you could tell he's trying and it's like it's a decent like if in, in any other movie, like his performance would have been like fine. But because it's in fucking Geely, it's like <laughs> It's, it's still kind of insane, and the way he's dressed is weird. Like, he has this fucking ponytail. He looks like Colonel Sanders with a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate his little founding father's ponytail. The thing I was going to say about Three Ways, though, is that... So, like, yeah, Jerry Lauren Adams, her character, like, is, like, her, known for a three-way in her past in Chasing Amy. And then the end of the movie... Jason Lee and Ben Affleck, like, they, like, talk about having a three-way with her, and they're both like, wait, what? Like, how would this make it better? And it, like, ruins all of their friendships, and they all three just, like, walk away. And then in this movie, like, J-Lo's uh, ex-girlfriend, or current girlfriend, I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on in that scene. This woman just, like, in the middle of this hostage situation where they've, like, cut off a cadaver's thumb so that they don't have to, like, abuse, like, a mental, like, a person with, like, mental disabilities, like, this woman just, like, bursts in and is, like, what? Do you have a fucking boyfriend now? And then she, like, slits her wrists, like, in front of them. These are all things that happen in this movie. Like, like, Callie is, like, the, like, just listening to you recite these plot points off again, I'm just, like, these were all things that happened in this fucking movie. Well, and while her wrists are bleeding, she's like, we could just have a three-way. Should we all just fuck each other? And it's like, no, stop. Like, what? I don't even know. Like, she, like, the character's introduced, and, like, within 30 seconds, she's, like, tried to kill herself. It's so crazy. And, like, and then, like, Jennifer Lopez just leaves her at the hospital. Like, she's not like, I'm going to stay with her until she checks into psych. She's like all right, deuces, like, I gotta go back to work, like, hopefully this is the last of that. I don't, it was, like, so jarring, it, like, totally was unnecessary, in my opinion, like, and then, like, there's so, I mean, so much of this film is unnecessary, like, why? There's nothing necessary in this movie. This movie doesn't need to exist. Why do If we're being honest, there's nothing about, there's no reason this movie should exist at all. (laughs) well and why did we let justin bartha do this like this is totally like this is totally a character that like somebody with disabilities could have played maybe like i guess yeah you know like i can't believe i'm fucking i guess if you the only defense i could hear is like because ben affleck calls him the r word at one point oh, like you're like point. well you know you don't want you want to like i mean at least it's not, the actor isn't actually someone with mental disabilities but like 
so he wouldn't have to go through that. But like, also, that doesn't need to be in the fucking movie in the beginning. <laughs> like, there's right. no, there's no reason. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? and it's like Ben Affleck's character goes so far with it. Like, there's like a part where he's like, "Why aren't you fucking normal?" and like slams him into a wall. And it was like so upsetting that I almost like, I don't know, like. No, that, that, like, I remember watching that scene and I was like, oh my god, that's when I was like, man, Callie is gonna be so fucking pissed at this movie. Like, she's gonna, like, hate this so much. And that's why, like, I texted you, like, I was, like, warned of, like, uh, yeah, you're, like, not gonna like this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I've mentioned it in previous episodes. Not that, like, it takes having worked with people with disabilities to feel this strongly or whatever, but I worked with people with disabilities for several years, and, like, I don't know, like, I felt, like, so protective over people. Like, I think I've told you this, Jane, but, like, one time I was, like, out with a guy, and he was just kind of, like, vocalizing enthusiasm quite a lot because he was, like, seeing his favorite receptionist, so he was kind of making a lot of noise, and somebody shushed him, and I, like, got so mad at her, but all I could fathom to do was to, like, shush her back, and so I just, like, hatefully shushed back this, like, old lady. Anyways, so yeah, I, like, this movie's very frustrating in that way, but it also doesn't, like, really say anything about, like, he, he apologizes at the end, and I was like, maybe this is, like, the moment where this movie's gonna surprise me. But he couldn't even say what he was apologizing for. It's like, so you could say the words when it, you were mad, but now that you're apologizing, you, you're like, so sorry about, about all this stuff. And it's like, you can't be like, hey, I'm sorry for the slurs I used against you. Like, I'm sorry for, like, belittling you. Yeah, he's just like, so sorry about all that. You know, you know what I'm sorry for. <laughs> like, you got it. And it's, I mean, like, I understand that that's also... And, be, and because Ben Affleck taught, taught him how to have, like, conversations with women, that makes it okay. <laughs> that part was so <laughs> stupid. Like, he's like, yeah, you just gotta, like, go up to women and ask them about the weather as if that's gonna, like, solve all of this guy's problems, like, socializing. Like, he, like, essentially lives in a nursing home or, like, a care facility. And, like, Ben Affleck has, like, <laughs> busted him out and it's just, like... He just, he just leaves him at the fucking music video shoot and like yeah he calls his brother but like he just leaves him there when he like drives off with fucking j-lo at the end of the movie he leaves him there knowing full well that he's like somebody that like does have like sensory issues and can like get very upset easily so like even though he's like having a good time and there's women in bikinis like there's so much opportunity for that to go wrong so yeah i mean that whole part of the movie is so like so stupid and like everybody is offensive even Je like jennifer lopez is the only character that's like yo like if you like lay another finger on him i'll fucking kill you so i liked that about her but i think even her character doesn't seem to really give a fuck or i mean like the character uh what's his name brian he, like, really wants somebody to read to him every night. And, like, Ben Affleck's like, what, you you want me to get a fucking book and read to you? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. And, like, Jennifer Lopez is like, what, you don't have a book? And, like, there's this scene that's, yeah, He's again. like, oh, doy, uh, I'm, I'm dumb man. I don't read no books. <laughs> and then you have to read, like, <laughs> shit off of, like, packaging and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then. Yeah, you, you, I didn't even think about this until you pointed it out, but. She has a book that she's reading, like, In the very throughout. next scene. She's holding like, <laughs> a fucking book. And it's like, why didn't... You, like, she couldn't have just, like, handed him that book to read. <laughs> like, I don't know. She's just trying to, like, like watch Ben Affleck's character... Like, like, watch him squirm. Gili. I guess I should just call him Gili. But, like, it just seemed like... Oh, a yeah, running joke in the name in, in the movie is that no one could pronounce his name right. It's like... Oh, Jiggly! It's like, it's actually Jiggly. Like, that's a funny joke, I guess. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know if any of the jokes in this movie actually made me laugh. I think they all just made me sigh. Like, I was just like, ugh. Like, the whole thing about, like, the penis sneeze. I told somebody about that Oh tonight. my god, that is the worst! <laughs> oh, that's just like... <laughs> oh my god, I was just like, that is so stupid. I told someone, it's like, 
about that today and they were like, uh, can you go back in time to before you told me about that? <laughs> uh, I think I, yeah, I just like wiped that from my brain after, right after I heard it. I was just like, oh my God. It's just like, it's just, this is the type of movie that like, I don't know, like that, that doesn't seem like a real movie. It seems like clips that like, somebody is watching in like a movie that's like about like in a completely different movie and like someone's like watching that on tv and like someone goes by this looks like shitty it like looks like a fake movie in another movie <laughs> you know? this is like if the room starred like oscar winning actors like it's just like that like insane and weird like it seems like one of those movies that we would watch like at the video store because it's so fucking weird and like makes no sense you know but like it's it's just and the like... score. Oh my god, the <laughs> score is so bad in this. Like the mu the only music that ever seems to play is this like really like per like it just sounds like stock music of like that you would see at the end of like sitcom like during like when like Danny Tanner sits down like DJ for like a serious talk or something in Full House or something like that's the music that plays throughout this movie. It's like it's annoying <laughs> because it doesn't like it's like trying to trick you into thinking these moments are like somber and have emotion to them but there's they don't like if they like place during scenes that don't even like aren't even like trying to go for that emotion it just like it's annoying <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking up who did the film score his name is john powell he also worked on happy feet uh star wars <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. Worked on Star Wars. <laughs> oh, God. I, I thought it sounded a lot like uh, the score from the movie The Holiday, <laughs> starring Jack Black and uh, Kate Winslet. Oh, I haven't seen that. You haven't? <laughs> He's done a lot of scores for, like, romantic comedy. Um, he did PS. That makes sense. Movie. And, like, I think us, like... I have a hard time trying to figure out what the actual genre of this fucking movie is supposed to be. Um, like, I think it wants to be a romantic comedy, but it's not really. And, like, it wants to be, like, a crime film, but it's not really. It wants to be a comedy. It's not really. I, like, I don't understand, like, who is the fucking audience for this movie? <laughs> like, who I mean, is this movie supposed to be for? <laughs> I don't know about you, Jane, but, like, I like my romantic comedies to have, like, no R word. <laughs> like, usually it's just not a part of it. This movie made Al Pacino say the R word. And I he... <laughs> so upsetting. You told me that. Like, you were like, heads up, Al Pacino says the R word. And I just sent back, no! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, it's just like, it's, well, it's just so early 2000s where, like, I don't know. Like, people used to toss around that word like it was nothing. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, I mean, it's very, like, as far as, like, the time place, it, like, it, it does, it's not out of place for the movie, but it just, like, there's no reason for it other than to, like, sh for shock value, I guess. I don't know. Like, it, it's just, like, just, like, it's, there's nothing, there's, like, no, there's no, like, real story reason. Like, there's nothing in the story where it's, like, you wouldn't lose anything by neither Ben Affleck or Al Pacino. Because I think, pretty sure Al Ben Affleck and Al Pacino are the only people that use the word in the movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, you take it to, like, them not saying the, like, you lose nothing. Not that there's anything in this film anyways, but you don't lose anything if they, both of them do not say it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's supposed to, like, further illustrate that they're just, like, assholes and that they're, like full of, like, toxic masculinity, and they have no empathy, and, like, all of these reasons. But then, so if you're gonna do that, don't make one of those people the lead in your romantic comedy. Like, he is, like, Ben Affleck's character is such an irredeemable piece of shit in this movie that I don't understand, like, how he's able to end up with a woman at all, first of all, but, like, a woman who sexual orientation didn't even previously include him like two days before that and then like there's all this like weird like gender stuff too where she's like 
Like, I, I told you, it was like, she was, like, trying to, like, force fit in. Like, she kept, like, like, changing the, like, rolls in bed. Like, you know, he kept trying to be on top, and then she'd, like, pin him down to the bed. And then, like, later, she's like, you'd look really good in mascara. And, like... Yeah, yeah, that was kind of, that was, uh... What the fuck was I all that? I don't, I, I don't know what that was supposed to... Like, and I the guess, bowl and the I guess towel. because she's a le- I guess because she's a lesbian, that means that, like... She's like, and like they're trying to imply, like, well, really, she's more of the man in this relationship, and Ben Affleck is, you know, like because he learned to care about other people. By the end of it, that means that he's more like a woman now, or it's like I don't know. Yeah. It's just like it makes it like I don't, I don't know what that was going. It for. seemed like it tried to be and that whole for a fucking sex scene. That like that with the turkey metaphors and like gobble gobble. Like, what the <laughs> fuck was up with that? <laughs> most most of the letterbox reviews just said it's turkey time which <laughs> yeah. is uh, jennifer lopez whenever she finally is like okay you got me let's fuck she just like lays down on the bed and she's like it's turkey time and he's like what what does that mean and she like motions to her vagina and she's like gobble gobble <laughs> And he still doesn't do it. He doesn't go down on her. I just wanted to point out. But it's, like, the most uncomfortable sex scene. And then, like, so, like, yeah, like, with the gender stuff, I feel like the movie, like, tried to be woke for a second, and then it was like, no, 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 and went back to sleep. Like, because, <laughs> <laughs> like, Ben Affleck says all this shit about how, like, every relationship there's a bull and there's a cow. So it's, like, Whenever he's, like, saying the R word, going on this whole rampage, he then, in the same breath as he says this slur, calls Jennifer Lopez a cow and is, like, I'm the bull and, like, I'm in charge. And, like, he's trying to, like, like flex on her. I don't know, about how he's a better hitman and stuff. And then, like, after they fuck, he's, like, moo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it just, it's, like, What? <laughs> What? I don't understand. Is he trying to, like, why can't, like, I don't know, it's like, it, it, he didn't, like, really learn anything. I, I don't know. Like, it seemed like they were trying to say something about, like, fluidity, but then it just, like, missed its mark entirely. And then uh, it was just so Yeah, I don't think this movie hit any of the marks that it was trying to go for. <laughs> I can't think of what, I was literally, I was caught, like, sitting at work today and I was trying to think, I was like, what? Like, I was, because I know, I never really, like, I don't like to, like, leave movies with, like, nothing positive to say about them, because I'm like, well, people put time and effort to try and make this, there's got to be at least something positive, but God, I was racking my brain trying to come up with anything positive to say about this movie. <laughs> like, I, like, I gave it half a star on Letterboxd. <laughs> And my only review was like, "There's like human beings did not write this." And that's that's it. That's like all I had to say on box. It does seem that, like it could have been written by like a computer if we were like, um, you know, just write a script for like dude bros in the early two thousands. Like, what would a like a dude bro write? Oh, dude, yeah, like you like gotta have like like crime like guns and shit and italians like the mob al pacino will be there and um, randomly and lesbians someone. oh yeah jennifer lopez is a lesbian yeah but ben affleck still fucks her <laughs> so it's okay and like oh man yeah this is like there'll be this is this movie will be like it's gotta have heart though so they should like kidnap like a mentally disabled person and he teaches Ben Affleck how to be a better person like Rain Man and shit yeah fuck yeah like that's that's the pitch meeting for this movie which <laughs> brings us back to fucking Dustin Hoffman I think that he like started some shit like with this like theme of like non-disabled actors like trying to like act disabled and like disabled characters um being like i don't know i feel like it's a trope just the same as like the um like wise old black man character like how they just that's exactly what this movie is that is exactly like what this fucking movie is trying to do with um with brian and ben affleck's character like ben affleck learns to be a better person through brian's innocence and, or whatever and the movie doesn't even like seem to consider brian 
like for any other reason than like the tool of like what it brings for the other characters so it's just like kind of exploitive but um might i recommend mm -hmm. uh, from the same time period a uh, movie that's also about crime and people with disabilities the ringer i don't know that's a lot better and it actually has actors with yeah yeah and it actually has um like legitimate like disabled actors <laughs> yeah and like puts the time and effort to try and you know it, like the like you read the plot on paper and it sounds like it would be very offensive especially when you consider Johnny Knoxville as the main actor in it but it's actually yeah like it's they do a lot better job than fucking Geely Johnny how Knoxville they portray a mental disability <laughs> yeah Johnny Knoxville worked for years to like make that script what the Special Olympics uh, wanted it to be because, like, they wanted it to be, like, very specific and non-offensive, and so he would, like, send them, like, draft after draft, and so, like, he, he, like, worked really hard to, like, make it, to make it right, and they, they use a mix, a mixture of disabled and non-disabled actors, but, like, it makes sense why they use people the way they do and stuff. It's a, it's a good movie, and it's, like, it's not, like, yeah, the main character does learn something about being a better person, but, like, it's also about the other characters, and it's not just, like, well, <laughs> we left him at a beach, and he's fine. Yeah, he went to the Baywatch, everyone, like, that's, like, oh my god, that, like, it also pissed me off, too, every time, like, I know it's supposed to be a funny running gag that every time they're in the car, and he probably must go to the Baywatch, he fucking picks up a Flashlight. Uh, flashlight pretends calls it his walkie-talkie calls it a phone it's like it's like come on dude like yeah i mean like, brian knows how it's to like are like this is ju it's just like like yeah, i like have like brian seems like he would be able to understand that ben affleck is not actually on the phone on a fucking flashlight he does like it's like have some respect for your character. <laughs> yeah, because then, like, in other scenes, Brian is using the phone himself to call the Australian, like, weather line or whatever. Like, Brian knows what a fucking yeah. phone is, and he knows that that's, like, I don't know. It just seems like... God. It's just it's just bad. We'll just leave it at that, yeah, I And guess. then there's just a random scene with Christopher Walk. Once again... This is what I mean by, like, trying to be like Tarantino because, like, in Pulp Fiction, like, Christopher Walken just shows up for, like, ten minutes, like, in and Pulp Fiction romance. and, like, has that weird scene and he leaves. And in this movie, he just shows up for, like, ten minutes, has a fucking weird scene and leaves. But it's not good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, his character, it doesn't even, like, seem to try very hard. He's like, uh, you sure you don't have a disabled man that you kidnapped around here? No? Okay. Well, I'll just be going then. Like, it seems... And you'll never see me again <laughs> in the movie. I have no more <laughs> bearing on the plot at all. <laughs> Although, I will say, like, the, like, lack of concern... I don't know. It's like, I was, like, trying to, like, give this film the benefit of the doubt, right? And, like, how... Like, whenever I worked with people with disabilities, like, the reason I wanted to stop working there was because sometimes I felt like I was, like, the only person who gave a shit, and it's, like, so many people in this movie don't give a shit, and I was, like, maybe they're trying to say something about society, but it's, like, no, I think this movie just has a lot of loose ends and doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I just think the writing is terrible, and, like, nobody, um, apparently, like, I don't know. I, like, tried to find some, like, do, like, just a little bit of research to try and figure out, like, what happened during the production of this or, like, what, like, and, like, I couldn't find out a lot. Like, I was, like, other than that, at some point during the making of it, the studio kind of took creative reins away from Martin Brest a little bit. And so I wonder if, like, the studio, like, a lot of the problems with, like, the fact that some of these, like, there's just loose ends and stuff is the studio just, like fucking around with it but also i can't see even if like this even if that's not like even if like the studio didn't interfere i cannot see how this would have been a good movie other like there it's like a lot of times like i'll watch movies that were like have a lot of like studio interference and then you'll 
see a cut later of like the director's cut where like you know that's happened with movies we've talked about before with like revolution and like godfather 3 just had a re recut from coppola and even the snyder cut with justice league that like everybody's been fucking talking about <laughs> this week you know where it comes out and like the director's um version is a lot better than what the original studio version was um but I can't see the how the breast cut of Geely would be <laughs> any better than what we got. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't see a good movie in this. Like, I don't in any way, shape, or form. And, like, apparently it's, like, one of the biggest bombs of all time. Like, it, like the only thing that this movie had going for it, like, in the hype leading up was, like, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were, like, dating at the time. And, like, so the movie's promotion was really banking on, like, people giving a shit that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez were dating in real life and they made this movie together. And nobody cared. Because <laughs> it, like, debuted... <laughs> it, like, debuted at, like, number eight. And then, like, all the reviews were horrible. So the studio just pulled all advertising funding out of it. And it had, like, one of the biggest drop-offs of, like, financial, like, drop-offs, like, in second week history. And it was, like, out of theaters by its third week. It's, like, one of the biggest financial disasters of all time it like had a 75 million dollar budget and like made like maybe a fraction of that back <laughs> this movie had 75 million dollars <laughs> jesus christ uh i mean this is like one of those movies though that like i'll be watching it and then i'll like suddenly have like more confidence in like me and my filmmaking ability like i'll be like i can make a movie <laughs> <laughs> Like, right when the movie finished, it was like, well, at least I know that I don't think I could ever make a movie as bad as G. Lee, even if I tried. <laughs> like, no. like, I was like, like I, think, I, I don't think I could write something as, like, offensive as this is in any way, shape, or form. Like, I would like to think I have a little bit more awareness of how people, even if you just, even, like, taking out all of the actual, like, offensive things, like, just how people interact with each other or talk to each other. Like, you know? <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, if... I feel like Jennifer Lopez would have just killed Ben Affleck if it were, like, in any way a realistic movie. Because oh, she's yeah, supposed 100%. to be, like, a big, like, bad, like, hit woman who's, like, there to keep him in check, and he immediately just starts, like, going off on, like, misogynistic rants to her about, like, how there's, like, bulls and cows and, like, everybody has their place in the world and shit. And then he's, like, also, like, smacking around, like, vulnerable people. It's, like, what the fuck? Like, she would have absolutely just killed him. Like, I'm not even, like, a big bad hitman. And I'm, like, I would have probably killed him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she... I would have figured it out. I think everybody who, like was in this film well mostly it was like well obviously martin brett's career is that like never recovered after this but ben affleck's um, career like took a big hit after this movie and i think jennifer lopez did too and like ben affleck eventually recovered with like but it took him years for like people to like take him seriously again after this era of films because it wasn't like i mean geely was a big one but he did a few other ones around this time that like people hated and, um, yeah, it wasn't until, like, Argo and Gone Girl and that stuff that people kind of were like, okay, Ben Affleck's fine again. <sighs> but, like, I feel like Jennifer Lopez, like, like she's an actually, like, a legit really good actress. Like, I mean, it wasn't until Hustlers that people were, like, finally, like, okay, yeah, Jennifer Lopez is really good. But I think, like, Geely just really fucked her career up and the people just didn't want to, like, cast her in things after that because of what happened and it kind of sucks. Or at least cast her in things where, like, she could have, like, she could really, like, showcase what she can do. Um, yeah, she's done a lot of, like, other uh, romantic comedies, but I, I'm not sure about the, like, order of them. I'm checking. Oh, okay, so she made The Wedding Planner in 2001, Made in Manhattan in 2002, Gigli in 2003, and then she did Jersey Girl, Monster-in-Law... The backup plan, which I've oh, seen yeah. all of Speaking those. of, <laughs> I did want to mention, like, there is a, like, weirdly enough, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez and Kevin Smith actually, like, and Geely are also connected in a weird way beyond the Chasing Amy stuff because, yeah, the next film after Geely was um, 
Jersey Girl, which was Kevin Smith's like big like, or like real big foray into like, you know, doing a movie with like a bigger budget and like more like you know more hype behind it beyond like stupid com like stoner comedies, and um, Ben Affleck starred in it, and Jennifer Lopez played his wife who dies like very quickly, but apparently like there was like more scenes planned with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck initially like, that were shot for Jersey Girl, but after Gigli, like, like, Kevin Smith was forced to cut a lot of it down because, like, they didn't want to have Gigli comparisons to Jersey Girl. I wonder, <laughs> um, also, they, they, they broke up, like, only after 18 months or something like that, so I wonder if that played a part in, like, her being cut from Jersey Girl, because... I remember, yeah, yeah she, like, died Jersey childhood. Girl was a flop, too, and, and not, and, and, and I haven't seen it, but it's not... From what I can tell, it's like most, it's like not good. <laughs> Instead of like watching Al Pacino movies of the early 2000s, can we just like veer in like to Jennifer Lopez's filmography and just watch all of those romantic comedies? Like, Ouch. let's watch Made in Manhattan. Did you know That's that a... John Hughes, John, John Hughes wrote Made in Manhattan? Oh, that makes sense. I think that, that was like made... one of the last films, that was like. That's, like, one of the last films that he wrote where he died. It's so I, weird to have, like, <laughs> Rafe, Rafe Fiennes as, like, a romantic lead because he's, like, horrifying looking. But, <laughs> like, that movie, that movie's not bad from what I remember uh, when I was, like, eight or nine. I, I think I had a pretty good judge of romance whenever I was eight or nine. <laughs> oh, the scene um, with whenever Jennifer Lopez meets his mom, Ben Affleck's mom and his mom is just like coming on to her like so hard and she's like I didn't I wasn't always just Larry's mom and like man I feel like they should have fucked like missed the opportunity uh, they had, yeah his mom and Jennifer Lopez had more chemistry romantic chemistry in this movie together than fucking Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez <laughs> yeah and it's um I'm looking up her. His mom is hot. She's a, she's got real milf energy. <laughs> well, like they introduce his mom by like her. She has like her pants pulled down and like he's giving her a shot in her ass. So you just see like her big like juicy mom butt. Like as like the first like part of her that's in the movie. It's uh, Lane Kazan who is also the mom from my Big Fat Greek Wedding. So I texted Jane that she's a Mediterranean mama. That's her typecast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Italian or Greek mom. But yeah, she's fucking great. Like, she was, like, one of the best parts of the movie. And, yeah, you're right. They totally had more chemistry. <laughs> like, they, they, like, kind of, like... I mean, like, that scene didn't really make sense, like, why that had to be included either, except for his mom to be like, oh, like, what a cute couple. Oh, you're not a couple? Oh, okay. Like, that whole, like, pushing them together sort of vibe. But, like, their whole sexual energy didn't need to be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get, like, I guess, yeah, I guess if, like, for a positive, yeah, that's, like, probably, like, one of the few positives you could say is that the, his mom is good in it. His, <laughs> I thought it... Yeah, the, 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 mom, the mom scene, and I guess Al Pacino just being fucking crazy, Al Pacino was good. Um, yeah. He just fucking kills that guy. <laughs> just... <laughs> so, so, such a wild scene. There's, like, this scene, this movie's, like, very tame in terms of violence. And then, like, Somebody just, like, slits their wrists, and then, like, Al Pacino just, like, shoots someone all of a sudden. It's, like, very, like, sudden with its violence. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, Al Pacino's scene also didn't really... It's like, what the fuck was he even talking about for half of that scene? Like, he was, like, berating I guess, them. I mean, it was refer like, he, like, the reason that, like... The, from what I can gather... Um, from what Christopher Watkins' character said, um, the reason that they kidnapped this kid was because Al Pacino, because like, Brian's brother was prosecuting Al Pacino's character. And so the fucking um, Ben Affleck's goon boss guy um, came up with the idea of kidnapping Brian 
to extort the prosecutor into dropping the charges towards Al Pacino's character. And Al Pacino's pissed because um, they fucked up the thumb thing and sent a thumb which was clearly not Brian's because it didn't match his thumbprints. And so now his case is worse than it was before because they attempted to extort a prosecutor uh, with, like, you know, fake evidence, basically. And now he's like, that's why he's pissed. That's that's what, like, from what I can gather, that's that's the entire, that's what he was ranting about, I think. Yeah, but then it also seems like he was, like, upset at them for having done it at all. Like, even though it was, like, his chain of command. Like, it, I don't know. It just seemed, like, confusing, like... He was like, why would you go after a federal... federal I think he was... The reason why he killed um, Ben Affleck's boss is because he didn't, like... Al Pacino didn't order them to chop the thumb off. That guy did. Like, that guy got the Uh, bright idea that, like, oh, we need to ramp this up, chop the thumb off. And Al Pacino was like, that was really fucking stupid. And not only was it stupid, you fucked it up, too, by not... By chopping off a different thumb. (laughs) Yeah, they, like, break into a morgue, and he gets a cadaver's thumb, and all, it's, like, all because Jennifer Lopez, like, twists her dimples, like, at the security guard. Like, she's like, oh, what is this? How did I get here? And, like, he's in the back with a plastic knife. Yeah, he uses a plastic knife to cut off a cadaver's thumb, um, which, you know, yeah, maybe decomposed a little bit by that point, but I still think you would probably need, He's not like, like a, a, it's a not sharper like... knife. It's not like a soft <laughs> cheese or something like. Yeah. And, and, and bone is really tough. I mean, like. Yeah. I, we do like amputations where I work, and it, it's it's not that easy. <laughs> I say with yeah, a, a reason thousand yards there. Bone saws. <laughs> saws that can cut through bone, not plastic knives. <laughs> um. Well. I don't know. This is probably like TMI for a Pacino podcast, but whenever we do uh, amputations where I work, um, you actually do it through the joint so we don't have to saw anything. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But it didn't make sense. I mean, God, this is so fucking stupid, like medical nerd bullshit. But wherever he goes to make the incision is nowhere near the joint, so he was going to have to... And then he does snack the bone, I guess. So there's like... A little taste of 127 hours in this movie. Yeah, yeah, this movie is, uh, <laughs> is if you're looking for another movie like 127 hours, watch Geely. That's that's what we're uh, that's what we're recommending. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we should like make an ad that's like, did you like Danny Boyle's 127 hours, like Oscar winning, like. Have you watched Geely? <laughs> <laughs> it does have several Oscar winners attached to it. I mean, Martin Brest, uh, or Oscar winning and nominated, because Martin Brest, Al Pacino. Yeah, you just, like, like walk up to somebody who, like, has no idea about, like, any of the history of this movie, or, like, it just tell them that, like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, this there's this movie that has um, Ben Affleck, Al Pacino, and Christopher Walken in it. Um, called Geely, you should watch it. Like, <laughs> they would think it might be a good movie. Like, you just hear that, those three mem- like memories, like, oh, that could be interesting. Oh, and I like sounds... Al Pacino, Ben Affleck's okay, and then Christopher Watkins, he's cool. Let's, yeah, let's turn on Geely. And it's like... <laughs> and Geely, you know, it sounds like it, it's, it could be like an art house movie. Like, it sounds kind of foreign or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> And then it's just this, like, god-awful, like, makes, it made me feel like I was in fucking middle school like (laughs) (laughs) trying to think of yeah was there anything redeemable about this no that's my final word no i don't understand how it costs so uh, much if if you okay i will say if you like bad movies looking for something that's like a bad movie night that's like like if you like bad movies like the room and Geely was probably like a contender in that regard because like they're both like these ridiculous like 
drama, like bad drama type movies. So, um, yeah, if you like bad movies, I guess it's, it's, it's interesting. It's not, I don't think it's not so bad. It's good. It's definitely bad, bad. It's not like I didn't enjoy watching it, but it is bizarrely bad. So like, it's like, it's like interestingly bad because you're never sure what the fuck is going to happen. And you're like, what like, you just always confused. So I guess like if that, if you're looking for that kind of reaction and okay, it's like, and it's redeemable that way, I guess. (laughs) It's fascinating. Like, like in the way a case study would be fascinating. There, that's, there you go. Academically study Gili. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're gonna write an essay on it. I I can't believe Al Pacino was in this. Like I feel like he usually has really good. It must have been a favor from Martin Brest, because he was like he's like Al, you got to do this movie. You know you owe me because you won an Oscar for being in my movie. So can you just please like show up for ten minutes in Geely? He's like all right, sure man, yeah sure I'll do that yeah yeah. Oh. He doesn't even remember. What's the script? <laughs> being in this movie. He did this for the free lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the trivia page or whatever on IMDb, it says, <laughs> according to longtime best friend Matt Damon, Ben Affleck twitches whenever this film is mentioned. <laughs> I bet. Man. Man, Ben Affleck has been in some mood. Like, I feel like... It, ben Affleck is the type of actor who's like, I can tell that like when things like get bad press like it actually like legit like really affects him like he just like wears it on his face like like he is like like there's that famous clip from like like right after the reviews for like batman v superman came out and they were all terrible and like he just has this look like they're doing press for it like he's like god why like this was like because like because he did dare to Apple and that got terrible reviews and so this was supposed to be his like him being batman was supposed to be his big like superhero redemption thing and it was another film that everybody hated <laughs> he's just like i just want to like just please like me <laughs> <laughs> they don't like them apples hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the other things was that, like, Kevin Smith said that if he ever gets into a fight with Ben Affleck, he just brings up Gigli, and then he, like, goes quiet. Which I was like, oh, big words from Kevin Smith, like, he's made a bunch of, I don't know. He yeah, was... but Kevin Smith and Ben Affleck had a falling out for a while. <laughs> Cause, like, and, like, um, like, uh, this is another, like, the, um, we've had, we've had Rose on before who does the Kevin Smith podcast, uh, we talk about Kevin but I was listening to, like, I've listened to quite a few episodes of that, and they covered, because Kevin Smith does these, like, spoken word things that are not really stand-up comedy. It's just him telling stories for, like, three hours. But he, like, they're just, they're really bad. It's, like, called, like, An Evening with Kevin Smith. But, like, whenever he does those, like, stand-up story things, he's always, like, he always, like, includes all of these, like, jabs at Ben Affleck where it like it's it's like supposed to be playful jabbing between friends but it's really more like Ben Affleck's a lot more successful than me so I'm gonna like keep trying to bring him down a peg like it really sounds like more sounds like he's like kind of jealous and spiteful of Ben Affleck so like the reason why he's like always like I don't call Ben Affleck gay a bunch so that <laughs> make sure that he like make sure that he knows that he's not this big shot and like I guess they made up because Ben Affleck was in his new Jay and Silent Bob boot movie, but for a while they weren't talking to each other. <laughs> I, um, because I work in a video store, I, like, watched the Netflix documentary about Blockbuster, which is such a weird sentence to say, like, but Netflix made a documentary about the last Blockbuster specifically. There's only one left, and it's in Bend, Oregon. And they had all of these, like, different actors doing like talking heads about like what blockbuster meant to them or like they worked in a blockbuster and how cool it was like paul Shear was like oh yeah like working in a blockbuster that was the best time of my life and like adam brody is there and he's like oh i loved it like you just talk about movies all day and like well you just can be high and no one cares and then like 
I don't know, like, Ron Funches was there and talking about movies. Like, it seemed like a lot of people that, like, made sense and had relevance to Blockbuster. And then fucking Kevin Smith is in this documentary, and he's just like, oh, that'd be the best fucking job to be, to work in a video store? Hell yeah, that'd be cool. And it's like, why? Why is he here? (laughs) (laughs) You would think that, like, maybe, like, I mean... I could see, like, maybe I could kind of see why they would have asked him because, I guess, in Clerks, Clerks, Randall's job was working at the video store next to the convenience store. So they think, like, oh, well, you know, Kevin Smith made a movie with, like, a character that worked at a video store. So maybe he has some interesting things to say about Blockbuster. Apparently not, though. If that's his big insight, is like, wouldn't it be cool to work at a video store? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Yeah, thanks, Kevin. He struck really, me as like your wonderful insight there. <laughs> he struck me as the biggest asshole because he was just like, "Oh yeah, like that sounds cool. You just kind of like dick around and like I don't know, like fucking Randall in Clerks is like I don't watch movies. Like whenever people ask him for movie recommendations, and like everybody else in the documentary is talking about like how like video stores are like about community and like about like connection and how you're like talking to your like your uh your your video sommelier or whatever about movies and they're like don't fucking watch that or whatever and i just think it's like funny because kevin smith is known for like writing about video stores but like his video store clerks fucking suck (laughs) (laughs) yeah i like yeah i don't know i'm not a big kevin smith fan as as, i think we've well established that anytime we break him up like Neither one of us has ever really had anything nice to say about it. Listen, I went as Jay and my brother went as Silent Bob, like, many years for Halloween. But, like, I'm an adult now, you know what I mean? Um. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the biggest, like, that's the thing. It's like, he seems so cool when you're 14 years old. <laughs> and only when you're 14 years old. <laughs> like, anytime, like, after that, like... He just is the most annoying dude, like, in the world. <laughs> yeah. It's just, like... It's, like... I don't know. I, um... I, I actually know. saw them live, uh, like, at the place I work. I saw Jay and Silent Bob get old, like, their podcast recording live. And, uh, like, first five minutes, Jason Mewes pretended his microphone was a dick, came all over the audience. It was everything I hoped it would be. But Kevin Smith was so fucking annoying. He just kept bringing up how, like, Jason Mewes used to be a drug addict and how much he helped him. And I'm like, why don't you let Jason Mewes talk for himself about oh his my God. addiction? Yeah. That is, like, a running thing. Like, yeah, like, they talk about that on, um, we need to talk about Kevin. Like, apparently, like, that's, like, a running theme that, like, Kevin Smith is, like, a total asshole to Jason Mewes. Like, a run like all the time like it just is like he does like that type of shit where he'll just like bring up all of the all of these like dark things about jason Mewes out of nowhere and like jason is clearly uncomfortable with this but kevin smith will just like poke at him because because kevin smith is like a very insecure dude who like sees anybody who's around him that's like more talented as him that he's friends with like he has to like fucking like bring up their flaws all the time to like make sure that they know that they're not better than he is like that's like the same yeah. thing with like ben affleck and stuff you know it's like he seems like a shitty friend like why would you want to be a friends with a guy like that <laughs> you know? yeah i mean like i i always thought it was like interesting and like i cared about like jason muse like recovery and stuff like because i liked his movies and stuff growing up but I feel like I only get to hear about it from Kevin Smith. Like, he's his fucking dad talking to me about how, like, good his son is recovering and stuff. But, like, I'd much rather hear about it from the person who went through it and, like, let them be the one that, like, gets to be grateful rather than just, like, taking the gratitude by being like, I did all this for Jason Mewes. Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, that's, total, that's, that's Kevin Smith in a nutshell right there. Well, also, I don't think, like, being a good friend, like, in, like, general, like, that you should be like, well, here's all the things I've done for you. Like, if you're a friend, you just do nice things for each other. You're not, like, keeping track. Yeah. So that you can yeah. throw it in their face later. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a... And also, like, I also found out that um, before Clerks, 
he attempted uh, to make a documentary about a trans person in Canada and just lost interest like halfway. I can't really, I don't remember if it was like he lost interest or like something happened where the person just stopped like showing up to like, to like the shoots or something. But like Kevin Smith is not a guy I would trust to make a movie about a trans person um, and have it uh, be good or sensitive Tasteful. or like empathetic or especially with every reference that he's ever made to trans people in any of his movies have been like really bad so <laughs> I don't <laughs> so like just hearing that I was just like all of my respect for him was just like just gone yeah. <laughs> well that was a fun Kevin Smith tangent <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, I mean, when I, like, I guess this is probably the movie that's, like, the most kind of relevant to him, just because of the Chasing Amy and also Jersey Girl connections. <laughs> yeah, he, he loves to put Ben Affleck in things, too, so, um. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, a first film in history of the Razzie Awards to sweep the top five categories, so it won best, it won Worst Picture, Worst actor, worst actress, worst director, and worst screenplay. You know, I don't disagree with any of those, except maybe I probably wouldn't have given Jennifer Lopez worst actress, because I don't, I don't really think she was that bad in this. Like, Ben Affleck was terrible, but I, I don't think she was bad in this, honestly. <laughs> oh my god, it says Martin Bress worked at the Bronx State Hospital during college, where he observed the behaviors of various patients. This, he claims, served as the inspiration for the character of Brian. Okay, so, I, I was kind of wondering <sighs> about that, because, like, there were some parts of the character where I was like, okay, well that's an interesting point. And then there were other things where I was like, this makes no fucking sense. Like... Ben Affleck got, like, really frustrated with him at one point and was, like, oh, like, sometimes, like, you don't make any sense and then sometimes you, like, just say things, like, completely fine or whatever. And I was, like, that's totally what it is like, you know? Like, it's, like, kind of here and there sometimes with people. Um, and, like, that was, like, an interesting thing to point out about, like, how, like, some psych patients are. But why in this movie? Like, it just didn't, <laughs> like... Martin Brass, make a movie about what it's like to work at the Bronx State Hospital, then. Like, it, yeah, don't, don't make, yeah, yeah. I can see why he doesn't make movies anymore, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about this movie. I would not recommend it. I, I mean, it, it fucking made me laugh, I guess. Um, and it was kind of entertaining. Not in the way that it wanted you to, though, probably. I don't think no. any of those laughs were probably intentional. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we have a an epic, an epic gay film series. I don't know how you want what you want to call it. Um, Angels in America. Callie's already Callie watched it a few weeks ago because <laughs> we we got confused about the chronology. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, it seems it's... to be a powerful experience. I'm hoping for Jane it will redeem the awful experience of having to watch a queer film such as Gili that now you get to experience like the amazing gayness of Angels in America, which is like actually written by and starring queer people and it makes sense to queer lifestyles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a nice contrast for um from Geely, I think. <laughs> it's Jiggly. Yeah. Yeah, Angels in America. I think we're splitting it up. Do the first three episodes next week and then do three and then do the last... Is there six episodes, right? There's six episodes, so I was going to see, you know, like after you start it, maybe we'll do... I don't know. Two, we'll have two to three Angels in America episodes. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how 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 that'll break down. But there will be. Yeah, it'll be a multi part. So we'll be we'll be on on it for a while. Yeah. So please subscribe to our Patreon that we have now, Chino Pod Patreon, and I have to give my special shout out to our one five dollar donor, Matt. Lutostansky, at some point I will 
get that pronunciation correct. Matt Lubostansky, give you a shout out for being uh, a Pacino pal. <laughs> and if you would like to be a Pacino pal, you can donate $5 to the Patreon. You get Not only do you get a special shout out, but you also get all of our bonus content that we will be unveiling shortly. Um, special episodes about movies that don't have Al Pacino in them, among other things. Uh, lots of lots of stuff planned down the pike for that. And I'd like to just, you know, uh, give us money. Um, you can give us a dollar and you'll be our friend. And we'll appreciate and love you just the same. <laughs> follow us on Twitter at Pacino underscore pod, or you can follow Jane at Static Blue Bat. You can follow me at Callie Bud, and I'll be your bud. We're on Spotify and SoundCloud and um, Apple, and you can give us five stars and leave some reviews, and we appreciate that because we get boosted in the algorithm, and then we get more lovely Pacino pals, and yeah, keep it locked. <laughs>